Hey, Hope family, welcome to another Hope Daily and another look at the book of 2 Samuel. Today we'll be in 2 Samuel 11, but before we get there, a story about me that will reveal something about me, but also tie us into the story we find in today's reading. When I was a junior in high school, I started dating a girl who went to local public school. I myself was going to Gloucester County Christian School, but I had plenty of friends from my church that went to this public school. So I spent plenty of time with them outside of school and outside of church. I went to that high school's football games and yada yada. So I ended up meeting this girl. We start dating. We went to homecoming together and she went, wanted to go to this party afterwards. I knew that there would be drinking there and I knew that I shouldn't be drinking. And in fact, I had never had any alcohol. I decided that I would go, but I wouldn't drink. And I'm glad to inform you that I went and I did not drink. In fact, I got a two liter of pitch black Mountain Dew. It was their limited time grape flavored Mountain Dew. And I taped a paper label over it and I wrote Dave's Crunk Juice on it. So while most of my friends were drinking alcohol, I was drinking two liters of Mountain Dew, running around saying, Dave's Crunk Juice, and just being a general idiot, but a sober idiot. This started a trend of me going to parties that I shouldn't have been at. I don't remember exactly how many I went to without drinking alcohol, and that's because I remember a lot more that I went to where I did end up drinking alcohol. At some point, being there had an influence on me. And I allowed myself to be persuaded to have a drink or two that turned into more than that, that turned into multiple parties. I remember one time I was on my way to a friend's house where we'd be drinking and my friend Scott, who was a new believer, was with me and he said, Dave, how do you justify us drinking and being Christians? I had grown up in the church. I was the mature Christian, using uh, scare quotes there. Scott was a new believer and looking to me for answers on something that didn't compute for him. I sat there quiet for a minute thinking to myself, why are you ruining this party before we even get there? And then saying to him, I don't know, I guess I don't. And we sat quiet for the rest of the ride. Then we went and got drunk together. I'm obviously not proud of any of this. I'm grateful that eventually God made the emptiness of that partying apparent to me and unavoidable and pulled me away from it. I now have a much healthier relationship to alcohol than I did in my late high school and early college years. And I made plenty of mistakes, certainly by going to those parties, but while at those parties and while under the influence. Thankfully, none of them have had major fallout that we are still dealing with today, certainly not to the extent that David's did, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But nonetheless, they were bad and certainly caused drama and complications during that time of my life. But all of those mistakes could have been avoided if I just avoided the original mistake of being somewhere I knew that I shouldn't be. Enter David. You're likely familiar with the story, so let's start reading. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, says, In the spring, when kings march out to war, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. This story was very familiar to me before I noticed and or it was pointed out to me what we just read. That during the time that kings marched to war, David remained in Jerusalem. David was supposed to be somewhere. David was the king. This was the time that kings went out to war. 
But David instead sent his leading officer and the rest of his soldiers, and he remained in his palace. And this is a fairly innocuous turn of events if you don't know the rest of the story it seems fine david's getting up there in age he has done a ton of good for his country and for yahweh he deserves to sit this one out i'm sure it'll be fine right let's pick up in verse two one evening david got up from his bed and strolled around on the roof of the palace from the roof he saw a woman bathing a very beautiful woman so david sent someone to inquire about her and he said isn't this Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, and wife of Uriah the Hethite? David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to him, he slept with her. Now she had just been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Afterwards, she returned home. The woman conceived and sent word to inform David, I am pregnant. We'll pause there. I wonder what David was wondering about. It says, one night, David One evening, David got up from his bed and strolled around the roof of his palace. Why couldn't he sleep? I wonder if he was wondering about his men, if he was wondering how the war was going. Maybe it had been a while since he had heard any updates, and he was worried. Maybe he was upset that he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And while on the roof, David saw and he took. This is the sin of Eve. Genesis 3, 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Eve saw, took, and ate. David does the same thing. David sees, he takes, and he devours. The story goes on to explain how David tried to cover up his sin. He has Bathsheba's husband come home from war, gets him drunk, so he'll sleep with his wife. He refuses out of solidarity with his men who are fighting. Eventually, David sends him back with a sealed letter that lays out the plan that will have him killed. The story of David is almost entirely downhill from here. And any places that aren't downhill are brief plateaus before descending further. In many ways, this isn't just the end of David's reign as king, it's the end of Israel as a significant national power. Solomon has some time in the sun, but not for long. And all of these problems could have been avoided if David just skipped the first one and was where he was supposed to be. I'd venture to guess that most of you aren't in high school, and I'm even more confident that none of you are the king of Israel. But we all have temptations to avoid being where we should be and justifications for why we are somewhere that we should not be. We all, like Eve and like David, see things that are pleasing to the eye but are not for us, and we take and we consume. In the process, we destroy ourselves and those around us. The story of Bathsheba isn't done. Despite David using his power to abuse her and destroy her life, God is a God of redemption. Bathsheba's son is Solomon, who will take the throne after David. And Solomon is in the line of Jesus, the king of Israel and the universe. Praise God that what others meant for evil, he can use for good. But take time today and ask God to show you if you are somewhere you are not supposed to be in your life. Ask God to reveal patterns of behavior that perhaps have not yet wreaked havoc, but are on the road to destruction. Then turn and repent. If you have already gone too far down that path to avoid fallout, there is still time to repent. There is still time to seek God's redemption and grace and to receive his mercy. Take time and thank him for his graciousness and receive his mercy today.